Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and those who don't define us either. This is Homo Sapiens. Hello, hello, listeners, and hello, Alan. How are you? I'm fine, Christopher Sweeney. How are you doing today? What is it rainy with you? It's rainy with me. And look at my hair. It's all it's... sort of on one side. Oh, I quite like it. It's very sort of a deconstructed hairdo. I, yes, it feels I'm... a bit... Um, who was that woman who was married to Sylvester Stallone? Oh, like... Um, what was her name again? And then I was going to say Dolph Lundgren, but that's not right at all. They were not married. Sylvester Stallone was not married. That's a sort of... In my dreams, they were married. That would be quite something, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. You know what? Once when I was at Cannes decades ago, I was doing the, and I had to go on this talk show at the Cannes Film Festival. And like they said, what happens is you get a little earpiece in your ear and they do the interview in French and, and, and it's translated in your ear and you can blah, blah. Mm. So I said, like, OK. And I was with my friend Jennifer Jason Lee. We were doing promoting our film. And Dolph Lundgren was on. And he was got, and so they finished his thing. Oh, Dolph Lundgren! And they came off, and I saw this giant come towards me, <laughs> smiling. I was like, "Hello!" And I saw the sound man go in and take the little ear thing out of his ear and put it into mine, Ooh, and I didn't even wipe it. Gross. So I have I have Dolph Lundgren DNA. Wow. In my body. It's, so I've just Googled while you've been talking. It's Bridget Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen. That's right. Yes, yes. Anyway, I'm very excited about our guest today. I am very excited about our guest as well, Carson Tula. Carson is a really fascinating. Um, person he um he's a now he's a life coach which is a fascinating place for him to have ended up when you consider he was this mormon gay boy and what i think is really interesting that he had his first kiss his first gay kiss two weeks later he had this terrible uh trampolining accident and was paralyzed from the chest down Mm. and so it's a and his life since then has been remarkable and how he's kind of come back and turned things around and is, you know, now helping other people with their sort of outlook on life and um, depression and, and you know, all that stuff. He, he is really remarkable. And also just like being, what's it like being a gay disabled man? I think it would be fair to say he's become a sort of activist for queer disabled people. And here we are in Disability Pride Month. It feels like a great time to chat to him. I started following him on Instagram, possibly because he's incredibly handsome. I feel like that needs oh to be addressed. God, he's fucking gorgeous. And yeah, he's insane. And he does now these, he said that, you know, because I was really curious about <clears throat> if he was paralyzed, how can he have such big legs? Mm. Because that's what happens when you're paralyzed, your muscles uh, wither. But he does these electric, he does training for his muscles with electrodes or, you know, electric shock things. So his muscles get stimulated. Right. 
And so that's why he's, yeah, yeah. So those things do actually work because that, you know, you always see them on QVC and you're like, oh, I wish that worked because I'd have an amazing body. <laughs> I can just imagine you at like 2 a.m. with your curlers in. Oh, I love a gadget. Little, a, little, a little Asti Spumante watching the, buying all you these You know things. me so well, honestly. <laughs> I love a bit of Waitrose Carver. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I started following him because he was handsome and then he does all these brilliant things that we'll talk to him about where he kind of uh goes around new york city for example as a wheelchair user and illustrates how shocking it is and how excluding it is because just by being a wheelchair user in a massively rich city that could afford to cater to everybody is actually, you can't get anywhere, you can't do anything. And he explains the kind of granular detail of like, so if it's going to take me this long to get to work, then that means I don't have time to do these other things. So I can only work half the time. So I can only earn this much money, which means I have to live further away. And, you know, little details. It just, he, he cleverly explains it all. Love it. Anyway, shall we go and talk to the lovely Carson? Yes. Where are you? I am in Brooklyn, in New York. Is that where you is that where you live? Yes. Did you did you move recently though? I did. Oh. Yeah, so I've been here yeah. for about 15 months. I moved from Salt Lake City in Utah. That's where I grew up. Mm, Mormon boy. I did I grew up a Mormon boy, that's right. Oh, we're going to be coming on to that, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm obsessed with, obsessed with gay Mormons. I just want to tell you. I want to lay it <laughs> on the table right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, Let's get it out in the open. Do you know what I wanted to ask you though, Carson, because I noticed that you you I think it was a recent post, but you painted your nails. Oh, yes. And Let's see them. Ooh. They look really cool because they were, I think it was orange, the ones I saw. Yes. I, I love that. I ha so I, uh, <laughs> I did my nails for Disability Pride Month and I got yeah. them all Disability pride -y. And then I was like, why haven't I been doing this for my whole life? Like, why have <laughs> I been neglecting my nails? So um, I went and I got some gel manicures. And then after like the third <laughs> time, I was like, this could be pricey <laughs> so maybe i should yes. try doing these myself so this was my attempt at doing them myself i like it yeah. better when i do it myself uh, my nails i mean i because i i i once played a transvestite and i got those ones they glue on is that what you mean by gel ones the gel manicures that they glue mm. they glue them onto your cuticles but when when they took mine off my cuticles were like little like veal like little white you know, Ooh. cows that have been kept in a cupboard. <laughs> they would all, because they'd had no air or anything. I just, and they were all squishy and weird. It was it so awful. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I have I not find, had I that like, experience. <laughs> yeah. Don't go, don't, don't leave them. That was like, I'd like to leave on like a month or two, you know, because I was mm. filming a thing, but uh, it was really awful. But um, I like, I do enjoy, I think, uh, and I enjoy, enjoy a man in nail varnish. I think it's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, both uh, uh, aesthetically pleasing and also a kind of a nice statement of, hey, I'm not going to, be bound by the confines of what you know masculine looks should be yeah yes it's a little nod isn't it but we were just uh so we record a little intro before we come on this call and we were singing your praises and i was talking about how i started following you a while ago on instagram and i think you were like served to me as a suggestion <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean funny. Like, <laughs> on a platter and then i started following and i'm reading your post and i just like I just loved everything you'd been posting. And then from reading more about you and stuff like discovering your story is just incredible. And it's, you know, even talking about nail varnish now, like you've come a long way from being a Mormon kid. You grew up in Utah, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And what was that like? It is being Mormon was just woven into my being as soon Mm. as I was birthed. (laughs) Um, It really is. It's such a cultural experience. Um, Mm. So because it's it's sort of that you live in a place with only other Mormons. That's what it's not. It's it's almost like a. I think there's few religions nowadays in in the West that have that sort of sense of community, almost ghetto actually. But I think that must be that must be a big part of it. Isn't it? You're just surrounded by other Mormons. So that is that is definitely true in in Utah and a few other places. Um, like I think there's a large Mormon population in Arizona, but. I was actually a little bit different because I grew up in a, my, my father was a military officer. So mm. we moved from state to state for the first 15 years, 16 years of my life. So, mm. um, but we always found, you know, our Mormon congregation wherever we were living and connected that way. Just for the, possibly the more the Brits listening, but just describe what it is to be Mormon because I feel like sometimes people yeah. have a cartoony version of it, but not necessarily an accurate one. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you like the Mormonism 101. So I'd love it. The um, Mormons belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is the official name. Believe mm, that yeah. once Christ died, that the authority that he held to the keys of salvation were lost mm-hmm. until... We've all lost our keys. 1820 or something like the early 1800s joseph smith was the first prophet mormons essentially believe this is christ's church that was started again through joseph smith through a restoration process <laughs> there's that you know that thing about that picture that we got sent. there's a picture we got sent by a by a listener that was a, of the last supper but one of the oh, yeah. uh, one of the disciples has got his head in jesus's lap <laughs> Right, <laughs> it looks like he's blowing. It looks out. like he's getting a blowjob, and uh, we've read it on Instagram. And someone said, "Well, of course Jesus is gay. He only hang around with guys, and his best friend was a prostitute." <laughs> <laughs> right. So, <laughs> anyway, probably I'm going to get trolled for that one. But let's sorry, carry yes. on. No, no. So, I mean, essentially, that's it. So, Joseph Smith also established some new commandments, so to speak. So that's why Mormons don't drink alcohol. They don't drink coffee. They don't drink tea. That's part of the commandments. We don't have premarital sex. But so, but where do they stand on gayness? So Mormon theology is very hetero, cis-centric, essentially. So you can achieve salvation or become like God only if you are straight and cisgender and you marry someone in the temple of the someone who is of the opposite sex um and a big part of how mormons believe or a big part of why mormons believe god is god is because he is our father he is a father like the ability to procreate is such a central piece right so Mm. then naturally that means that gay marriage is not supported in fact the mormon church waged war against oh prop eight yeah during prop eight poured massive amounts of money into that effort to stop same-sex marriage um they acknowledge that there are gay people correct right but you just you just but you just can't be because i saw i saw a thing that, that there are actually gay people in mormonism who say oh you know what i'm gay but then they say oh well that's all right just 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 don't be gay Right. And they have a system to kind of school people into a lifestyle that they acknowledge their gayness, but they're actually not doing. How does that work? 
Well, it usually doesn't work for most people, and it certainly <laughs> yes. doesn't work healthily. I think mm. for almost anyone. Um, but yeah, like if you want to be, you can be gay and be Mormon or lesbian and be Mormon mm. or bisexual mm. or whatever. Um, and you can only have all the privileges of a member if you live within the certain kind of parameters of the teachings and commandments. So basically you got to live alone for your entire life. No romantic relationships, no sexual relationships or anything like that. Wasn't there a, I, I read about this hilarious sounding reality show called something like help. My, my husband isn't gay or something. <laughs> <about Mormon. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. TLC. Like my, my husband, uh, <laughs> yeah, my husband's not gay or something. Yeah, that's what's not gay. That's such a great name for a show. Is that what it's and actually it called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's was see. I can't remember if that's ex- like exactly the title, but um, it's something to that effect. Yeah, and, and this was about Mormon. It's about Mormon people trying to live in a way that, like, in a straight heteronormative way, we were gay. Is that right? Yeah, they call them mixed orientation marriages. So it would be where a gay man <laughs> would be. Married to a straight woman. Wow. wow. And everybody knows, but just... Oh, man, it's very complicated. And there's so much pain and that, mm. that goes into trying to force your life into a space where you're just not meant to be. Mm. Um, and the pressures that exist, because really, the reason that people stay in the church when they're gay... Look, at, I'll just speak for myself. The reason that it took me so long to leave the church and took me so long to deal with my sexuality was because I was taught my whole life that if I chose to leave, that I would forever be out of the, like I would not be able to go to live with my family in the eternities, essentially. So like eternal families is, is a central doctrine. And so the teaching was, you know, if you choose to leave the church, you choose to leave your family forever. Um, Mm. And yeah. it's just it's all, it, or no, all or nothing. All or nothing. You're in or you're out. Yeah. And I yeah. remember clearly thinking, okay, well, you know, if it's between like choosing my family and choosing like a romantic partner, maybe I should just, I mean, I remember thinking this and this is like, you know, content uh, sensitive, but I remember thinking, well, maybe I could just like skip this whole process of being alone my whole life and just maybe die early and then be with my family forever. And maybe that's the best scenario here. And that mm-hmm. made so much sense mm-hmm. to me. Like, huh, yes. maybe I can have it all by just offing myself early. Wow. Well, that's really sad to hear. Yeah. And it's, it's, I've heard so many versions of that from people. Like it's, we're just like, it's almost like your problem solving brain kicks into gear yeah. but with the most ridiculous answer but how were you to have any other solution no one's giving you any other option exactly and Mm. that was when i realized i was like the premises of my argument was flawed so to speak where Mm. Mm. i was having to make some false decisions where i started to just look more critically at my faith and think really like this part of my identity is supposedly from the devil or something or like actually makes me a bad person but i had all this conflicting experience of feeling more uh, alive more fulfilled more whole and complete when i actually did start dating men Mm. and so that was the time when i started saying wait just a second like this can't be what god is saying right and then i started to experience some freedom Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. By, by just by coming out as a Mormon, does that mean you've stopped becoming a Mormon because you're not allowed? No, no, not necessarily. So I came out and I was actually like determined to be the exception. And so I told everyone like, I'm gay and I'm going to marry a girl and I'm going to uh, like make this work. I was going to be one of those guys on the TLC show. You except, could have been like, on the reality show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Right? Except that I was going to do it like in a different way. Somehow that was like congruent. I don't, I don't know what I had in my head, but essentially it was like, wait, no, I can still have it all somehow. So I told myself that I was going to remain a member of the church. And I was for a year until I just started having experiences that were so clear. I just... So it's so funny. So I remembered Alan and I are both on tenterhooks here. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So so I'd go to church mm. and I'd sit there and I'd like take uh, an inventory of all of my feelings and feeling like okay, like I feel like we're good. And then that week, I would go on a date with a guy, like first date ever. Mm. And you know, I had been told like this is the slippery slope. The darkness will descend. You'll know it's like Satan, and then you'll it'll be clear as day that this is the wrong thing to do. And I went, I like, I went on the date and it was exciting and I felt fantastic. It was like the lights came back on. I went back to church and I sat there again and I thought, okay, taking the inventory and I felt great. And I just like piece by piece, like had my first kiss, started dating a guy and just kept checking in. It was like, no, this, there's no way that this is taking anything from me. I feel more Carson, more free to contribute, free to love, free to uh, just all like to thrive when I was being my gayest self. And there's just nothing that anyone could teach me that could really hold a candle to that knowledge I was gaining in the process. Mm. And then you had your accident and that's what it's two weeks after your first kiss, (laughs) you have your trampolining accident. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, we're obviously that's a huge part of your life and, a, and an incredible, I mean, I think you're just such an incredible person, Carson, that you've had this huge thing happen to you that mm. could crush so many people. Mm. And you've not only turned it around and become this amazing person, but also that you now help so many other people who have crushing things happen to mm. them, uh, make their lives better. But I'm just really curious about the, I, the notion that you're just having this revelation about your sexuality and your being and your, where you're, God stands and all that. Yeah. And then did it feel like God had was punishing you when this happened, when this accident happened? You had a trampoline accident and you were paralyzed from the chest down. Surprisingly, no. And I actually oh, don't good. know why I didn't go there. <laughs> um, I mean, I had moments where I was like, could this be some kind of 
you know, punishment for the gay thing. And it just didn't fit whatsoever. And again, mm. especially yeah. kind of looking back at my experiences were clear as day. Good. Um, no, I actually had the experience of feeling like, and I always feel weird talking about this actually, because I don't know what to do with this information, but I had the very distinct sense while I was on the stretcher to the helicopter that this was supposed to happen. And I really haven't had that experience. And I don't even know if I believe about supposed to be kind of things, but I was on the stretcher out of the building. And I told my mom, I said, mom, it's okay. This is the next step for me. And I don't know where that came from. And I don't know why I had an immense amount of peace actually through the whole process. So I don't really think about the day that I broke my neck as being particularly traumatic or Mm difficult because it was actually a spiritual experience in a lot of ways. Mm. And that faded over time. And then I kind of, you know, like especially two and a half months later when I was going home from the hospital is when I really Mm. started like a grieving process that was different from where I initially was. But yeah, that initial those initial moments felt very significant for some reason. What actually happened? What was the accident? Yeah, uh, well, I was. it was Christmas break. I was a student. I was a sophomore in college um, on Christmas break with my family, and we went to a trampoline park. I would grown up tumbling my whole life, and so I love trampoline parks, and I hmm. was on a tumble track, and it's like a, it's like a long trampoline. Uh-huh. Oh, so you do lots of flips mm-hmm. going along it rather mm-hmm. than just jumping up and down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I was on, well, yeah. So I was on one of those longer trampolines and it ended in a foam pit. And so I tumbled into that foam pit mm-hmm. and broke my neck. So essentially I like tucked into a little ball and did three front flips and landed on the back of my head, which should normally be fine. But the pit was poorly maintained, poorly managed. Uh, and so mm. I ended up going through everything and breaking my neck. Oh, my God. Whoa. And all your family were there watching. Yeah, that's right. My wow. my dad and my sister saw everything. So that must be, I, I suppose in many ways, that must be obviously traumatic for everyone concerned, but in so many ways also a positive thing because they were a part of it and it was part of it. They went through it with you in a more direct way than if they it had happened when they weren't there, do you think? That's a good question. I don't know. All I, all I know is I think that I had the easiest time of everyone that day. Um, right. I think my dad and my sister, like everyone who was just there through the process for them, it was just like tr- true hell, you know, especially, I mean, mm-hmm. for my dad. His, um, I think it was essentially his greatest fear is was to have someone have a spinal cord injury or something that permanent so why why so specifically that um i'm not sure i think my (laughs) gosh my uh i'm laughing because my dad will he was a professional athlete earlier in his life and was a track and field star it's how he met my mom and so i think that his outlet has always been physical fitness and he would always joke and say the minute i'm in a wheelchair you take me off to the top of that mountain on the wasatch front and you push me off the cliff Oh God! Okay, Okay. and this is—I get that this is his concern about his own sense of like ability, and he values so much his physical fitness. Um, But so I think that was that was around in your—that's right—in your life. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that didn't ever take the form of like blatant discriminatory actions or speech or anything like that. I think it was mostly his own fear of losing physical function. But um, mm. so seeing me go from yeah. being so athletic to a wheelchair user, not that I can't be athletic now, but traditionally able-bodied. Yes. Mm. I mean, it was an immense amount of loss for him. Probably more than it was for me, actually. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say that's how you met your mom, was she an athlete too? Yeah, uh, she was also oh. a, a track, uh, yeah, track and field athlete. Wow. Yes, there was actually a lot of, I think a lot of just culturally as a family, so much of our, the way we connected with each other was through physical fitness or physical competition, like playing mm-hmm. sports, games, like really intense games of tag <laughs> or <laughs> frisbee or whatever it was. But it was just like always physical fitness. Right. Um, so it definitely took a while for me to pull some of my own worth out of this idea that I am my body. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah well, especially time. it's interesting in terms of gay culture as well, where body... The body is so revered and and objectified. Yeah, yeah. I guess you were just coming to realize that as a young man when this happened, as a young gay man when this happened. Absolutely, I absolutely was. Yes. On that topic, but then also you mentioned just a minute ago. You said that you felt grief two and a half months later, and like, can you describe that? Because it's such an intangible thing. Mm-hmm. Being in the hospital for those two and a half months, I learned to do really basic skills again. But it was kind of a suspended reality. It wasn't until I got, I went home where I had walked and ran everywhere before that I really saw mm. right. and could mm. come, like draw a parallel between not a parallel excuse me but like some contrast between how life was and how life is going to be Mm. and there was such a stark difference um from how i use the door how i get into my house i no longer jumped up the steps and ran through the front door right i went into the garage and i got up this little elevator thing so everything was so Mm. different but i had to do everything again for the first time Mm. as a paralyzed person and every single time I did something for the first time, there was an experience of grieving how it used to be. Right, Everything yeah. from brushing my teeth, like I just couldn't hold my toothbrush brush strong enough anymore to really press it against my teeth because my hand was so paralyzed. Mm. Like things you never think about. The way I sneezed, I no longer have the abdominal muscles to really like push out a strong sneeze. And it was just kind of like this like coffee puff of air. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> to to really major things that were a part of my identity, like being able to exercise traditionally, go on a run to just like get that endorphin rush or experience the freedom of sprinting or something. And, and uh, man, the biggest thing for me was was um, the flute and the piano. I had I've trained, been trained classically on the flute and piano my whole life. I was actually studying music performance when I was injured and it was a massive outlet for me in terms of my self-expression. And so I grieved not being able to play the flute and the piano the same way. Um, And also was there a grief for like a new gay life that you had imagined you were going to have and you were already late to that then was taken away? That's so that one was interesting because these things started 
at very similar periods of time. So I actually didn't already have really sure footing in the gay community. Because you said there was this post that you did that was on social media where you said, um, it was a while back, it was like, this this is a photo of me before my accident and I had a six pack. Yeah. And then after my accident, like I didn't have a six pack. You still looked fucking amazing, by the way. But, you know, and you said, little did I know. I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, you know, you said, little did I know how important the body image would be in this world. Yes, yes. And I did learn that I was just barely starting to have, like you mentioned, a sense of how important it was to have an able body that fit some really strict, like, ideas about what a good masculine body was, right? Yeah. Um, I was barely starting to figure that out. And mm-hmm. then that was when I was injured. And so I kind of jumped in, really started dating for the first time and really getting involved in the community as a disabled guy. Mm, right. So I was kind of doing both at the same time. I am loving this chat with Carson. Um, I feel privileged to be able to chat to such a wise and beautiful man. That's the end of part one. Part two has even more delights. Head over to your feed, click part two and have a listen. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.